Hello, welcome back to Dr. Introspect TV, and it's your host, Dr. Introspect, and I'm back. Today I'm bringing to you another analysis podcast style. So, if this is your first time stopping by the channel, don't know how you found your way to this neck of the woods, but thank you for stopping by. If you find that you do enjoy this content, do click the notification bell so you're the first to know every time we drop a new video and subscribe to the channel, of course. To all our oldies and goodies, thank you for coming back. So today we are going to be looking at a highly anticipated analysis. I say highly anticipated because if you follow our social media, Dr. Introspect TV on Facebook or um, any of our other platforms in the description box below, you would know that I dropped a teaser about two months ago on this analysis and somehow other more pertinent conversations took over. But today, I felt that the kind of conversations that we're having in the world right now in the intellectual spaces and commentary spaces on this YouTube platform, it would be beneficial to bring this into the focus. And of course, you know, I will be bringing in the mental health aspects per usual, as with all my analysis. So today we are going to be looking at Shrell. Stay tuned. So, Shrill. Shrill is a three-season I think Hulu original show and the episodes are not many about 12 or 13 on average nine sometimes and the third season was the final installment and I don't think it ended in a very finite way it seemed more abrupt so I do feel like they could have done better with that but regardless of what they left us with I thought that there were some pointers in there that would make for good reflection and that's why this is titled more as a reflection than a deep dive or an analysis or anything like that. What is Shrill all about? So some backstory. We have the main character Annie and then we have her friend Fran. And on the surface, just looking at this story, it seems like a big girl story. It seems like a fat, positive type of story that's just talking about what it's like to be a plus-size person, you know, emphasis on women in society, and what life is like through their lenses, and what we don't get to see when we're on the other side. But I would argue that it's a superficial perspective on the story that is being told to us here and that's why I encourage many people to see this show it doesn't have the thrillers and any of those things you find in maybe your Game of Thrones and whatnot but there are key lessons here if you are interested in picking up on that Annie is the plus-size woman in question and her friend Fran who is British Nigerian living in America who is also her roommate is also plus size and for Fran we have a more seemingly confident person she looks like she's confident and secure in herself and then we with Annie we have someone that is more insecure 
about herself and her identity and her body and her competency. She works as a writer in a really small firm where they write stories and the likes and she has some ideas however because of her personal insecurities she doesn't put herself out there she doesn't advocate for herself as much and from season one to three we see her sort of go on this journey of self-discovery in her personal life Annie is dating this guy and I don't know if to call it a date or if they're just messing around with each other and there are no definitions or anything and in other words she is just settling she doesn't ask for more because it seems like she doesn't think she deserves more or she feels like she's a big girl and as a big girl you should just be grateful that someone looked at you and took pity on you enough to want to sleep with you so you just take that even if you want more even if you want something more serious and you want commitment you're not entitled to that because you're a big girl and this is the ideology that she has of herself at the time And this is not just reflected in her relationships, it's reflected in her work and, you know, wanting to ask for a raise or promotion or just put her big girl pants on and just make those big girl moves for herself, choosing herself and advocating for herself in that kind of way. Story, other concepts of body image is also looked upon. I think... At a point, either season two or three, you know, she goes to this pool party for like plus size people and, you know, she sees them, they are free in their elements and they are enjoying themselves, enjoying one another and enjoying their bodies. They're in bathing suits, they're partying, they're having a good time dancing and she didn't come with a bathing suit because she was ashamed of her body and I can understand because in the world we live in there is a lot of judgment regarding appearance and how you look and with all of that emphasis you know they feel like they shouldn't be showing their bodies at a pool and here she was at a party with people that look like her And even then, she wasn't confident enough. So in that sense, it was a whole lot more than it just being about, okay, society says, tuck away those roles. We don't want to look at them. But about her, her and her own personal relationship with her own body and how she sees herself. And I thought that that was cute. Of course, at the end of that party, she somehow makes her way into getting into the pool, letting the water touch her skin and enjoying herself for the very first time without thinking about what am I looking like? And people are judging me and people are judging my body. And you know what's interesting? She was by no means anywhere close to being any of the biggest people at that party she was actually quite smaller than a lot of them but again that body image thing and I have to say 
I do have a lot of sensitivity when it comes to this issue, and I'm quite sensitive to the ears of the listeners because body dysmorphia, body image, is huge, and I know at the moment. We find it a lot in conversations, and we often hear about it from the women's perspective because the value of a woman has been placed on her body as defined by society. But there are also men that struggle with body image. For example, for most men, turning grey at a young age is very bothersome for them. Especially when they feel like they don't have the financial capacity to back up that kind of aged appearance, and because in society for the men, what they're judged is by the value of their wallet, by the size of their wallet, and it's often associated that the older you get, the richer you become. Thus, if you're looking older, you should have more money in your pocket. However, if you're just graduating straight out from college, you're an intern and you're earning intern money. Of course, trying to make your way up the ladder, there's that dissonance, and again, it triggers a lot of insecurities for some men. So back to our main character, Annie. Annie is settling, and in this situationship she has with this guy. You know, she is not even thinking about is this the kind of person that I would want, and this is what you find when people are so desperately looking for someone. When people are so desperately wanting to be chosen, wanting to be taken, they forget that it's not you're not like a fruit in the bowl, as much as society would like to have you think, and the red pill movement and. However, many other ideas and ideologies and these perspectives may be, you're not an object. You're not a fruit. You're not an apple begging to be chosen. You also have the right to choose as well. And so, as people that are evaluating you and saying, "Huh, is this person right for me?" And when I say choosing, it's not in this. Superficial perspective, as people would like to make it seem like, is this person worthy? Does this person have worth? Which is how they like to belittle other human beings. But more so, you are choosing people in the sense of not their worth, but if they are suitable for you. They can have worth and have their own merit, but they might not be compatible with you. You guys might not. Align in a way that would be conducive for both of you, and she's not doing any of that because she is here feeling like she is just the object, and this is what insecurities can do to a person. You feel like you are at the mercy of the market, and you're just an item, and you're begging to be chosen, and this is a predicament that Annie is dealing with. As Annie goes through her transformation, throughout her journey from season one to three, she puts on her big girl pants. She realizes she has ideas and thoughts and opinions, and she can put them out there. And she 
kind of becomes selfish. And this is common with people that don't have boundaries. So she was kind of a pushover as well. She didn't really have firm boundaries and people just kind of push her to the side and push her away. She just went along to get along with things. And when people start to come into themselves, however, the route they take, which is often not always the healthy route, but sometimes when you've been so far off on one extreme, you bounce back and you go far to the other extreme and somehow as you continue you realize oh that's not right either you find yourself somewhere in a healthy medium and I feel as about like season two you know when she starts rebelling and she starts speaking her own mind and she quits her job and says she's going to start her own blog and then she realizes it's not that easy to do things in your own she is becoming more selfish with her time you know she ditches that guy she breaks up with him for good she is more selfish with her time she's more selfish with her friend and even her friend Fran is saying I don't like this person you're turning into I mean I know you're dealing with your stuff and I kind of like that you're standing up for yourself but this version of you is not that great either you know so someone might say when you start putting up boundaries people that like that version of you where they get to take advantage of you wouldn't like it so when you're on that far extreme where you have high walls up and you're like very selfish extremely and not in a healthy way kind of selfish where you're choosing yourself but it's like you're choosing yourself and damning other people in the process you know people might mistake that for okay i have good boundaries now and people don't like that but not necessarily you're just operating on another extreme and that's not necessarily good so you want to be at that healthy medium i'm talking about and throughout this journey we find and we see how amy makes her way to that so she's with this guy and he is what some people the way he's described he's living with his mom i mean his job is kind of not quite steady there are so many signs to see that this guy is not really taking you seriously right here he's not you know it doesn't mean he's the devil you know i don't think that the guy himself was like a bad guy or he was really trying to be mean but people can hurt you even when they're not trying to and doesn't mean you should stay and take it you know that's what those boundaries are for and he would say he's trying to invite her to a date and she comes on the date and all his friends are there he's not paying her any attention and it's just weird she had this huge work event where she was supposed to be recognized for something and she told him please i'd like you to come as my plus one and she had told everyone that she's in a relationship now at the office and everyone thinks you know she's this kind of girl that's so low-key she has nothing going on so when she announces that she has a serious partner everybody's like they want to meet him some people even make jokes like is that even a real person and she's really thinking no my partner is going to be here don't worry and on that day he doesn't call her he just doesn't show he ghosts what was he doing he's at his house having a party with like some college students 
when she gets there and that's when she's like really angry and she breaks up with him and you know what this guy was the one that asked to be in a relationship with her she would cut him off and she would be like i'm not doing this anymore and he would come back and he would say i want you i need you i love you i would do whatever it takes i'm going to do better and sometimes it seems like he's trying to do better for a bit and then he goes back to his old ways and it's just that back and forth and some of you are in this kind of dynamic with people where they tell you i'm going to change you know you deserve better and you don't have to be a bigger girl or a bigger guy to experience this it happens to people regardless of how they look and that's why i say it's very easy for you to watch this show and think okay it's a big girl story it's a big girl problem it has nothing to do with me but you see people every day beautiful people tall people rich people ceos with partners that treat them like doo-doo whether they mean to or they don't and they keep hanging on and they keep begging them to treat them better please change please do better or one day they leave but they're not very serious about leaving they're just calling bluff and hoping the person realizes that they deserve better and comes back and decides to treat them better you're at the mercy of this other people and i was watching it and i could see this guy doesn't really mean to be hurting her like this but nonetheless he is still hurting her and she doesn't deserve that you know this guy when she would come over to crash for them to make out and stuff she would go in through the back he couldn't be bothered enough to come out to see her and let her in through the front door he makes her jump through the fence something he himself wouldn't even do there's a scene where they had to do it cuz he was trying to come back into the house or something and it was so difficult and she's like yeah that's what i've been doing for months cuz you couldn't be bothered and he wouldn't let her sleep over and i'm not saying that people that would prefer to keep things casual or bad people no but if that is not what you want you don't want to be coming in through the fence and jumping in and like getting your hair cut up in things and when you're done you don't even get a cut door and someone can be casual but still have like the decency and social awareness enough to open the door for you to come in and they treat you like a human being keeping things casual doesn't mean you have to be a jerk about it okay i am by no means disrespecting anyone that keeps it casual you get what you get you know however you operate but you don't have to be a jerk about it and i mean this both ways girls and guys you can treat people like human beings and still be kind even as you keep it casual and still be respectful and still give them dignity and that was lacking and so i saw it as a huge moment of growth for annie when she finally put her foot down and said no more don't want this I deserve better. And I was like, very well done. Great job. So you hear this and you're thinking, all right, from here everything is going to be smooth sailing. 
and he's going to meet a guy that's going to be great and everything's going to be great and she has many experiences in her dating experiences with not really great guys or people that are not matches right and if you're out there in the dating world you can probably relate to this you know people have been saying this for years even people in the time of the 70s and 80s before the dating apps it is a mess out there it really is and i think the issue is intention people are not honest and genuine about their intentions so it just creates a lot of issues but nonetheless her friend at work introduces her to this guy and she goes on the date and she is just a jerk to him because she meets him and he happens to just be a little bit chubby and she's thinking that her friend set her up with him because he figured that because she's big she and a big guy will be adequately suited for each other and when you think about that that was more so projection she was projecting how she saw herself onto this other person all right making it seem like okay so because i'm 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 a bigger person. I don't deserve someone attractive. I don't deserve like a six-pack guy that looks good, you know, that has money, that has all these whatever superficial standards people used to evaluate people by. She didn't even try to get to know this person. So that's why she screwed that up. I mentioned that because a lot of times people think that when they get out of their toxic relationships or they get out of their bad dynamics, they're just going to meet someone else and it's going to be great. No. There is something about you that made you choose this person. And if you have if you're a kind of person that has a serial pattern of dating people that are like this, there is still something inside of you that chose those people. So you need to resolve what that is before you jump into the lake again to grab another fish. And so here we see that playing out. Her self-esteem issues. Her issues she has with her insecurities. She hasn't dealt with them. And I like that in the show they show us snapshots of her family, her mom, her dad and the dynamics that are going on. And you see a parent where the mother is kind of controlling. Her body image issues started from childhood. Her mother was always kind of controlling about her food and her diet and she was a chubby kid and her mother kind of made her feel a certain way and some people they're different perspectives so i have a series called the parents in series and i talk about how parents unknowingly unconsciously do things to sabotage their kids and kind of ruin their lives without knowing even with the best of intentions and here we see that happening so whether her mother had like evil intentions or she didn't assuming she had great intentions she knows that society is very superficial she knows how society treats women she doesn't want her daughter to go through that pain so she is policing and being overly controlling with her food so that she is the skinny 
objectively attractive person by societal standards that won't have any trouble that won't be bullied because she's big that will not you know be snobbed for the prom dance by the guy at school because she's big like all these things that happen when you don't fit into the box of society you don't get shamed and you don't suffer because of it and there are parents that unknowingly damage their kids because they're trying to protect them from this kind of thing but then you wreck your kids lives in the process sometimes unknowingly it also seems that her own mother has her own issues so on this channel we talk a lot about generational trauma and i do have a playlist on generational trauma you can check out i will leave the link below so you can look at other videos if you care to but you can see where it's coming from and i'm sure if they took us back to see her own grandmother her mother's mother's issues you would see where that comes from as well it's possible the mother grew up with a lot of chaos and she felt the need to control everything her mother was very controlling and she felt like if she could control everything, control the environment, control how everyone is perceived, you know, make everyone look perfect, have the perfect daughter, have the perfect family, keep the house running, show up as the perfect wife, do everything perfectly, then everything will be fine. So it's possible she either grew up with a very, a, a kind of parent, mother, father, that was very demanding also perfectionistic and probably always criticizing or there was a lot of chaos and this was how she tried to make sense of the world we don't have that data we can only speculate now with that kind of person you have a husband that is very quiet he sees the things the mother is doing and some of them are almost borderline abusive but I'm, I'm using that word gently here because I'm trying to assume intent that she doesn't know she's harming her kid by doing these things. And the father sees it and he says nothing. But then relationship dynamics, she's closer to her dad. They talk more freely and she is more herself around him. She actually can bring a cupcake and share it with him. But if her mom comes into the room and sees a cupcake, then, you know, there's a problem. So, in a way, the father is participating in this dynamic, even if he is not doing anything. In core abusive situations, like many I have described, there are people that are enablers and sometimes they can be enablers without even adding anything. They're there, they're observing it. They know it's wrong and they keep quiet because they want to keep the peace. I would much rather be in good terms with my wife because, you know, I'm the one going into the bedroom and I'm sleeping beside her at night. I don't want it to be awkward, so I'm just going to stay out of it. That's the kind of dynamic she grew up in. And ultimately... It killed her self-esteem. It killed her sense of self. She's not like this whole person. Even as an adult, when she's on the table with her mom and she visits the family, her mom always finds a way 
to put her down put down an accomplishment oh don't set your hopes too high you know are you sure that guy is going to like you remember what happened the last time those kind of things those kind of things they keep you stuck in a negative mindset and these might not be your parents for you these might be your friends at some point you have to figure out is this the kind of energy that i want to keep around me is this it so when you see all of that and i appreciate the show showing us those perspectives you see all of that you start to understand why she's the way she is but it can happen to anyone you have people that are slim you have people that are beautiful that feel like they are ugly they have self esteem issues and i'm just talking right now about superficial things like how you look but for some other people they feel like they can't apply to the kind of job they want they feel worthless they feel less than they continuously compare themselves to other people and they always put themselves lower and it's because of the kind of thoughts that have filled their mind from their childhood so they need to go back and resolve these things i would have loved if she made it to the step where she got into therapy and worked on these issues so what happens with that guy i was talking about eventually she realizes she made a mistake somehow she's able to make things right and start a relationship with a guy and it's the healthiest relationship she's ever had she's the happiest she's ever been and i think they've been together like 2 months but now her friend is moving out into an apartment with her own girlfriend so her friend is a lesbian and because of that what does that do for her it triggers some kind of insecurity for her oh i'm going to be alone i've been with this my friend for a very long time i i don't want to be alone in this apartment and my friend is moving out with someone i'm not moving in with someone and i've been in a relationship perhaps my relationship is not that great so she starts to push this guy for them to move move in together and in the process of this is insecurity something she could have had a conversation about and being vulnerable vulnerability is so important it's so important to sit down with someone and be open and share and you know someone you trust of course not just random people on the street vulnerability is key and it would have spared this relationship she tells him she wants them to move in together and she tries to push and he's like he's not there yeah he doesn't want to do it yeah he's just getting a divorce from his long-term partner and he doesn't feel ready to like move in that they're already in a relationship and the woman knows but moving in is like not a step he wants to do just yet and she feels like it's about her insecurity again she makes it about her and she's thinking oh maybe he doesn't love me enough maybe he still loves his wife all these things are possibilities they could be but she takes it a step further and she's comparing herself to this other woman in her head and she's thinking she just has to meet her she finds a place the woman works at 
a coffee shop and she goes there and she meets her and that's where she ruins it she's she meets her and she's not plus size she's slim she does go back to the boyfriend and the boyfriend is like you went and you met my ex-wife like this is already a difficult process for her you went and you met my ex-wife and she she tried to downplay it eventually she came out with the truth and then she explained i just wanted to know i didn't understand why you didn't want to do it and at that point the man said i've been here i've been open i've been honest you know all of these things but i think i need to take a step back from this for a bit and she is just like bawling and crying and what does that tell you if you don't fix your own issues even when a good thing shows up you will ruin it you will go back into the same patterns you will find a way to sabotage and she did she did just that now i just want to touch on her friend fran for a second because even though fran is not the main story here there's something in there with fran's storyline that is useful and applicable to just about anyone fran had what i would call a dismissive avoidant attachment style and If you want to learn more about that, you can watch my seriously single video. I will leave the link below for you to check that out. But essentially, with a dismissive avoidant, they kind of keep people far away. They want relationships, but they keep them far away. You know, the other people that are often like serial daters, they don't want anything serious, they don't want anything casual. When things start to get really intimate, they pull back. They always you always always somehow feel this distance. They never let it progress that further. And she does that in her relationships. So much so that Annie called her out once and was like, "You know, you're like the bad guy. You're like the player. You cheat on all your girlfriends. You're not loyal to anybody." They often mask it up as confidence. Like, "I'm confident." And yes, she was very confident and she appeared secure dismissive avoidance are the most likely to mistype as secure because they're like I'm good you know they often if they are attractive they are aware of that and they carry themselves in this way but a secure person however you want to define the word and especially in terms of attachment style theory they are able to be vulnerable they are able to achieve interdependence they don't lose themselves in a relationship but they are still able to create space for another dismissives are not able to do that and so for fran when her girlfriend says let's move in together she is hesitant she doesn't want to but she agrees to it She agrees to it even though she doesn't want to. And she doesn't talk about it. She doesn't explain it to her friend. She just agrees to it. And so when the girlfriend finds out, "Why did you agree to it if you don't want to?" I think she did that in a way to sabotage the relationship. The relationship was now getting too serious. They love each other. They've said I love you. They're committed. They're not seeing other people. They're monogamous. 
And this is not to say that people that are in non-monogamous relationships are not committed in their relationships, but this level of commitment she is not used to and she is afraid of. And she is subconsciously looking for a wrench that can just mistakenly fall into it, mistakenly in quotes, and spoil everything. And then she'd be like, oh, yeah, I said it. Love is not for me. I shouldn't have bothered getting into it. At the end of season three, these two girls meet each other at the park with their drinks in their hand, their wine, and they drink. And they have a seriously honest conversation. They are both insecurely attached people. We have an anxious and we have a dismissive avoidant. But somehow they are kind of secure with each other they're able to be vulnerable with one another they are secure in their friendship they're able to share and be there for one another and they open up that perhaps they are the ones that need to make the change they have the conversation about how a life has come and gone men have come and gone or men have not even come at all And they have always been there for each other. And this type of change felt scary. A new person coming in, moving out, that kind of stuff. And of course, the stability of a healthy relationship is scary. And they realize if we are going to keep these people in our lives, we have to do the work on ourselves. And that for me was the biggest message of the entire show and throughout this reflection that I've been doing an analysis I've been coming back to it it's you it's not your fault that your parents screwed you up it's not your fault that any of these things happened to you and they are relevant your childhood wounds are relevant and they are real and they matter And you're not responsible for those wounds that happen to you. It's not your fault. But you're responsible for working on them. For dealing with them. Because it's your own life. So, no, Shrew is not just about big girls and big girl problems. And I appreciate the perspective and the lens of showing us what it's like in today's society. That is highly superficial. And how people treat plus-size people like they are people with no dignity. They treat them without dignity or regard simply because of their weight. And I'm not saying that being at an unhealthy weight is a good thing. But that doesn't mean you should treat people in that kind of way. I'm not saying for the most part taking into consideration the metabolic syndromes that might make someone's weight be at that condition but people have the choices that they can make to help themselves and if they have food addiction they can get help for that they can make better eating choices yes but you don't treat people horribly just because of these things their gender 
So with that, I just want to round up with the message of, as, as always, loving yourself, loving yourself, choosing yourself, and doing right by yourself, working on those things, seeking healing, growing, evolving, choosing better for yourself. So I totally recommend Shrill. It's on Hulu and it's not very long and if you see it, come back and let us know your perspectives. And if you haven't seen it, consider checking it out and then come back and let us know your perspectives. Regardless whether you want to see it or not, feel free to let us know in the comment section. And with that, I come to the end of this podcast style video and I can't wait to see you in the next one as always I love you love yourselves too bye